Bailey and Harper, we're back. We are excited. We got yelled at for uh, taking a break. But hey, it's summertime. Literally every fucking body's taking a break right now in the world of media. Because uh, things are about to ramp up. We got media days coming up. We got football around the corner. We got things to, to talk about. Roman Harper, it's good to see you. You and your do-rag. How you doing over there? I'm doing well, man. Um, yes, I am rocking a do-rag. Trying to make sure the hair's staying right, bro. I'm growing it a little bit. I, I'm excited for you. It Thank just it caught me off guard because when I pulled into your spot, you yelled at me from the balcony, and I looked up, and I didn't expect that. And I was <laughs> like, who's that guy standing on Roman's balcony right now? Yeah, it's your boy. Yeah. It's all good, though. Just trying to keep that thing right and tight, dog. It's all good. You know what? You got to mix things up in life. Like, you, you and uh, you and your boy Joe Tess are going to be in Nashville this weekend, uh, this week for the SEC tournament. Y'all are breaking it down media on days. the phone. Ch- media I'm, days. What did I say? The tournament? tournament yeah, Apologies. Okay. Well, okay. that's what I got to do, too. You got SEC media days. I got ACC, ACC media. Yeah. I got one day where I got to drive down to Spartanburg for training camp in the morning, bust it back up to Uptown Charlotte for a show at the Westin for ACC media days. That sounds horrible. Well, it, it's a lot, but it's just a sign of the times that shit's back. So, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit of excitement that comes with that moment. Um, well, for me, this year, more than anything, I'm really excited because of the unknown. Um, it's always somebody, some team that really steps up, changes, comes in, takes over, you know, the game, really has a blow-up year, and uh, we see it every single year. Uh, they come out of nowhere, and uh, it should be fun. It's unexpected, especially this year in the SEC. Well, right, but the point I was making Even was – Even Florida State and the ACC, you better watch out. It ain't just Clemson. Yeah. It has to be Florida State. And then if anybody else can get in the race, it'll be interesting to see on that side of it. So that, that's all you want to talk about football today, though. And, but I was, the point I was making was you and Joe Tessitore were chopping it up about you know, getting in shape, you know, re- rejuvenating the body. Right? Things I like, like Joe Tess's plan, bro. I, I like his plan. First plans. of all, he's got the best voice in sports. Ouch. I'm very fortunate. And, uh, hey, man. Kyle, I mean, he, look, you understand, man. He grew up on fight night, okay? Oh, Joe's fantastic. That, that's that's yeah. how – so I knew Joe Tessitore's voice before I ever knew Joe Tess. Yeah. And so the first time I met him, I was just like – and he sounds just like that. He does. And I'm like, dude, that, you, you yeah. don't understand Joe like – like, Tess, like, bro, I knew you from fight night. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. Oh, yeah. He's like, dude, but I get a lot of people that know him because of that. And so, and it was a great game. The game was awesome play. So, anyways, um, yeah, man, we're really excited. Talking about some other things that are going to really impact uh, the SEC. Uh, you know, getting back to work for me on Monday is my first day. I fly out tomorrow. And, uh, Kyle, I've been all over the place. I First of all, I'm not going to give you all of my takes on my SEC until I, don't want I bust them, them out. Yeah, they need to be but fresh. But just know, the people need to know, this is the most excited I've been about covering the SEC since I got this job for ESPN and SEC, uh, SEC Network a couple years ago. And so, so this is the season that's got you just fired up. Yes, and it's, it's probably it's, – it's partially because of the – the possible diversity in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and the second part is the um, the other half is my confidence in myself, what my eyes see me and tell me, and what I've been able to – the knowledge I've been able to acquire the, last, the previous three years of watching this league kind of unfold right in front of my eyes. What these – all these little books and the Phil Steels and the, the Lindy sports books, oh, yeah. their takes on them. All right. I, I jumped in the truck to come down here from the lake. The first thing I hear on our station on uh, WFNZ, Phil Steele doing another preview <laughs> with, with whoever was hosting this afternoon. First thing I hear is Phil Steele's with us, the author of the College Football Bible. And I'm like, yep, and, it's that time of year again. And, and Kyle, Phil Steele's on every other radio interview. So I don't hate on the knowledge. The knowledge is beautiful because knowledge is key, right? Sure. But 
when you only read their knowledge, their knowledge becomes your knowledge. And so I don't look at football that way. Football still is told in front of me. Sure. And so I can – and if anybody sits up here and wants to say this, this, and I'm like, that's fine, you know. But I just think that it's going to be really interesting in the uh, – so it's the diversity in the SEC and then my knowledge and my experience of what I've been doing in this job. I'm really excited. It's like year four, you know, year four in the league for me. I made the Pro Bowl. Oh. So, you know – you, you take these steps, you grow, you learn, and then boom, 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 you figure it out. You know, and the game's a little bit different. The game's a little bit changed. I'm able to implement myself as like a playmaker, do my own thing, but then at the same time, you know, sit back too. So All right. Well, stop talking about it. If you're going to deliver hot, fresh takes in Nashville next weekend, then you need to stop talking about it. All right. If you I, don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. There it is. So you're going to Nashville. You're going to catch you some old country music, a little uh, I, hit, hit uh, Broad Street, get you a little – so twang in your life? Uh, actually, I am, Kyle. Are you? I am. So my former football agent, Bill Johnson, who's now just my homie, um, he lives in Nashville. He knows the guy who runs it something third. It's right across the street from where the Predators play, mm-hmm. he said. So it's kind of right in that Bridgestone area. Bridgestone Arena. Yeah. It's a good spot. Um, so I've never been to a game that I would love to go. But anyway, so um, he knows the person there. He said he's going to uh, call him. Maybe I could come in. They have a little thing from like some kind of live music type deal is pretty good from three to like seven. So it's actually good timing too. Cause then I don't have to be out late either. So sure. uh, I'll probably do that. I'm going to bring my golf clubs. I'm going to play a little bit. I'm trying to play like every day, at least go hit a driving range or something. You like, are playing a lot. I'm trying to get better, Kyle. I, I don't have, to, I, I, I've actually for the first time in five years, got the itch to play a little bit. Kyle, you don't uh, have time. You got two. That's youngest. the problem is that I'm not even going to try Dude, it right now. You don't have, yeah. Right now you should suck at golf. I, I don't want to. Like, I, I like, I don't want to, I, like, I get an itch to play for the first time, but I'm not ready. Don't to scratch it. I'm not. Don't scratch it. I'm Let not. it go away. Like Something, your mama would say, stop scratching, boy. Yeah, I, I can hold off a little longer. I'm all right. You should definitely hold I, off. I, it's not that it has Camille, to be done. We'll, we'll, but for the first time, it does look appealing again. Because there for a couple of years, it's like, I don't want anything to do with it. Like, Why? Did well, you have a bad play? Well, I just Did you lose the money? Nah. I'm just one of those where like I, I play really well for a stretch, and then I'll lose it for like two or three weeks. Mm. And I just, just kind of snapped one day. I was like, what the fuck's the point? What, what's the point? Like, I, I, was, I was striping this ball three, three weeks ago, man. I was routinely posting at least, you know, 83, 84, something respectable, yeah, having a good time. Respectable. I'm trying know. to get there. That, but, like, then the next two weeks later, I'm lucky to go sub 95, and I can't figure out why. And I, and I just was like, I, okay, if this, is, if this is where I'm topping out, I'm done. I'm throwing the clubs in the – because I can't spend the five hours anymore. But that, yeah, so – I was really kind of frustrated because I played behind a couple groups, and I just played as a single. And so I was at another place, and it was it was kind of backed up, so I couldn't get in, and it just was what it was. I mean, I got to fly through. One group let me play right through them. Then there was another group yeah. that was right there. They asked that I want to play with them. I was like, nah, dude, you guys go ahead. It's, I know you guys got a people in front of you. But, yes, Kyle, I'm trying to play as much as I can. I'm really liking where my game is – starting to play a little bit because even when i don't play good i'm getting like bogeys you know? are you yeah yeah like that's good yeah it's a step. It's, yeah yeah it's not double it's not triple on holes you know i if it is then it, I, you know it's on a par three which doesn't kill you as much you don't want to do it on par five for sure yeah but um but yeah my golf adventure has been fun kyle but let me tell you well, hold on tell me what because i was the country music thing i was just going to make a point that yeah, as i was please. coming in here today uh, it's oh, an absolute yeah. <laughs> zoo on the roads in Charlotte, North Carolina. We got storms rolling in. Luke Combs, baby. And Luke Combs is here for night number two. Let me tell you, 
First of all, I was leaving work last night, 6 o'clock. Get off the air, busted out of the studio, want to go see the kids before they, they go down to sleep. And, and That's just where all the parking's at. Been a lot, was, oh, well, it's been a long week. You know, I just want to get home. So I'm right there in the middle of the city. I go down West Moorhead. I'm about to hit the interstate to head up to the lake. And I just noticed that all of a sudden the, the cowboy boots, the Daisy Dukes, and the sundresses are out, man. Uh, and, of course, every other dude is dressed exactly like Luke Combs, <laughs> wearing, like, the fucking button-up Columbia PFG fishing shirt just like he does, the same camo trucker hat that he's got on, the same damn coast of sunglasses probably. And it's actually kind of funny. Uh, but I just happened to mention to my wife last night when I got home, I was just like, yeah, all the cowboy boots and Daisy Dukes and sundresses were out for that concert. She looks at me, she goes, why the fuck were you noticing that? And I was like, I don't need, and I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm only not blind. But first of all, I was like, I just walked myself into that one. I just made an observation and said it out loud to my wife. I should have kept my fucking mouth shut. But the she second, you should have waited till she asked. Absolutely right. <laughs> but like, I just I blurted it out because I had made this observation. I was like, damn, you know, Charlotte's crawling with the Luke Combs crowd, and it was not like, oh, I went checking out the legs on that one. I was like, I was just making an observation. And I was like, you know what? I should have put that a different way. She's like, why were you noticing? Like, um, you know what? My bad. <laughs> my bad's a great answer i hope somebody learned that today one of you men male species or whoever all right female too whoever when you're dating or married to a woman yeah i think that is a good thing it ends arguments learn. and stops arguments prematurely more often than you would think just saying you know what fuck it my bad my bad it doesn't always work it's not always gonna plug the dam no but there there are days it's gonna work and there are some arguments where if you get it in quickly enough It'll stop an argument before it gets started. Hey, man, it's like 19... Marriage advice right It's like there. 1970s and 80s um, uh, usage of super glue. You yes. know what I mean? It just fixes a lot. Yes. It, Not it, everything. No, but it's got its purpose. <laughs> and if you use it wisely, you save yourself a lot of headache. Man, Kyle, this is why we work so well together. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So, you know, it's... But I, you know what the cool thing is, though? Last night in Charlotte, this is becoming a popping place to be, my friend. Last night, we had night one of Luke Combs. Uh, Blink-182 had a show oh, uh, wow. at the Spectrum Center. So Luke Combs is down the street in the, the football in the Charlotte football stadium. was probably humping last night. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, it's a zoo out there right now. <laughs> so Luke Combs is there night one. Blink-182 is the Spectrum Center. This one is a lot less big for our generation um, or anybody younger than us, but our parents, a lot of our moms. Melissa Etheridge is playing, was also playing last night. Oh, wow. So, you know, she probably brought out a lot of 60-year-old women who were up a little bit past you, their bedtime. Kyle, you know that's my demographic. So I know, I know. Shout out to the 60-year-olds. The Pumas, what do we call them? They're, they're older than Cougars. I forget what we're calling them these days. Oh, really? They There's have a name names? for it, but I forget what it is. I can't wait to learn. Yeah, it. but Charlotte's popping, man. We got but things I, going on around here in the I dead of summer. I love Charlotte. Um, I decided to stay here because I, I just had a good feel here. I was still able to be able to do business and it be – you know, there's a lot of money here in this city. It's a lot of young people that are doing really good things. Sure. And uh, the city has potential. The city has potential. And oh, it's so, already reaching its potential. I mean, that's the, th that's the cool thing is that, yeah. you know, it's, it's always really interesting to hear from people that have been here their whole lives, um, you know, and have seen the entirety of, just at least in their lifespan of watching Did you see that picture? Did we talk about that? The, the Ballantyne picture? It was like oh, a yeah. picture of Ballantyne yeah, in yeah, 1997. Yeah. It's what nuts. Is? Yeah. It's nuts. But even in the, like, near, uh, it'll be seven years for me in February. Um, so even in the time that I've been here, I agree. It's been looking insane. at the downtown skyline. It's been insane since yes. Because when did you get here? Uh, it'll be like I said, seven years in February. So it'll be February 2017. Yeah, and so I got here in 14, mm. and so I saw it all change then as well. Yeah, and so it's been really, really different. Even all the way down Mint Street, that's West Boulevard, that whole area. Oh yeah, 
but well not only that so like i i didn't i came here a lot growing up because i had you know a great aunt and uncle and a cousin that i had never been here really oh never. so I, I used to come here for that we'd come like my first panther my first football game was a panthers game my first basketball game was a hornets game we've talked about that yes. uh, but we used to come down here for other events turn sports tournaments baseball basketball whatever it was um we'd come down new year's eve for you know to go party some years like i, I spent a lot of time in charlotte before i was here and then when i was living in charleston with my wife you know we just Charleston didn't make a whole lot of sense anymore, and then all of a sudden I got this opportunity, and um, well, there it is. Well, that, but it was just also you know to get here to see it like it was, and it and it, it didn't feel like a big city, but obviously it was a big city, right? Um, because we have a greater population in the city limits than San Francisco does now. Like we we've been scaling the ladder for some time now, but dude, watching this place change, um, South End's bustling, man. It's so crazy. To- so. There was no South End in 2014. No. That was not even a thing. It was not. Well, it was, it was you know, concept. They were working on it. Not that, in 2014, it wasn't. No, no, I'm just saying it was like a, it was conceptual. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, the, nobody correct. was. Yeah, it, that's <laughs> the, the way that's come together. That's where I just moved out of. I, but it, it's really cool because I think Charlotte, the, the, the planning and the architecture of Charlotte makes sense. It's not like. Well, it's making more sense. Yeah, but at I least they correct. had a plan. Charlotte is doing a good job. I was actually just watching a video about this. There's a guy. What is the guy's name? I think he's the city. He has. He runs a YouTube channel. He's a middle-aged guy on a YouTube channel, and he travels to cities all over the world to review them. And I think I wish he, I had that job. I think he does it from like an urban planner's perspective. I don't know exactly what his background or education are, but it was really interesting. And so my boy Colin sent it to me, and I, I'll find it, but I'll send it to you because Charlotte. I don't know if it was jokingly, but I also know the feature is true. I think they called it the the leader, the global leader in sprawl, urban sprawl. What does that mean? I mean, we just everything goes so spread out, right? Um, Charlotte is not the most walkable city on earth, right? Heck I, I think no. It, well, Mecklenburg County is the problem. So because no, Char- well, yes, it is because no, all, all of you. Charlotte is considered Mecklenburg, like Mecklenburg County. The whole county is Charlotte. It's a the, massive county. It's a massive <laughs> it's, county. It's, it's, like, it's really large. So that's the issue is that literally everybody claims Charlotte. Like all the way down Providence Road is still considered Charlotte. So here it is. So, okay, it's the city nerd. I'm going to send you this right now. you got to check this out. And I recommend anybody who's – because we have listeners. It's funny. I get to see the map of our listeners. We have a lot of listeners here. We have a lot of listeners in Alabama. We have a lot of listeners in Virginia. We have a lot of listeners in multiple places. But we have listeners in, like, Belgium and Germany and Columbia, we need to yeah. explain to the people. I, yeah, it's I'm, and and it's just interesting. So I'm going to send this to you, but if you look it up, I, he says I visited the world capital of sprawl, and I have thoughts. The channel is called City Nerd, so it's the channel's called City Nerd, and it's the one about I visited the world capital of sprawl, and I have thoughts. And basically, he was like, I showed up thinking that Charlotte was going to be awful in so many ways that everybody says it was because of the sprawl factor and you know lack of walkability and things like that this word sprawl well and basically what the conclusion he comes to is he's like no they're actually doing a lot of things right here and you know it's obviously not as walkable as a lot of other cities but it's not as bad as people claim it is and it's getting better all the time because they're doing smart things here and i got to credit the urban planners at charlotte for doing a lot of those things but that's the point is that you know having just i lived on west boulevard over here for like five years five and a half years as you know and it was really interesting to watch that place grow because I'm at like the corner or the, the intersection of where South End meets Uptown in a way. 
Yep. Like I could walk to the Panther Stadium on Sunday mornings to do For my sure. job. I, you know, 20, 25 minute walk depending upon the yeah. the uh, direction I was going in. But I'm talking about electric scoot bikes. It was scooters. awesome. Well, I want to get the a little bit of exercise and you know cruise through the people tailgating on on Mint Street and things like that. So like I had a great time there. It was awesome. But mm-hmm. you know our family kept growing and it was a city house and there wasn't enough room and so we got out of there. But it was a great experience. But watching them build South End was not only cool. <laughs> because they, they knocked down like Saucemans Barbecue down the street from me. And I know this won't mean anything to some people out there listening, but you'll get the sense of what I'm describing. Like they knocked down Saucemans Barbecue down the street to make way for a much larger project. And uh, the USAA building is there. And they built like this lawn and pavilion where they do family movie nights and other events, like right there at the corner of Tryon and West Boulevard. Uh, there, there's a new hotel in there. The Lowe's Technology Tower, where Lowe's moved all of their technology yeah. division to people. They, they used to work in Mooresville, where I am now. But oh, I they, didn't know that. They work at that tower in South End. The first yeah, tower it's to, great. It's the first fan, tower. It's, they, it's an awesome looking Right place. there on South and East? Yes. It's two of them going up right now. And, and so they're right there on the rail trail. They've got all those restaurants up through there. And yeah. I've eaten at basically all of them. Um, but they've done a really nice job putting that all together. Now, it's not for everybody, no. right? There are always going to be people, probably some OG Charlotteans, they are like, that's not, a, you know, Charlotte original. And I'm, I get it. You know, if, if I grew up in a place, like, I might not like all the change when I saw it the way it used to be. I get that. Um, but just in terms of, of logically how they're doing it, that's one of the cool things about this video, City Nerd, where he's like, listen, I, I showed up with some preconceived notions based on what I read about Charlotte. And he's like, and some of it's true. He was like, but it's not that bad. It's a little bit, you know, overblown, and they're doing better and better about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of, like, logical things. I can't wait till they finish the rail trail bridge going over into Uptown, right? So that way they complete that piece going over 277, and you're going to be able to take the full rail trail to the heart of Uptown all the way down to the end of South End, right, and walk yeah. through all those breweries and all those restaurants and yeah. see all that stuff, like, parallel to South Boulevard. And so Charlotte, just getting back to the original point, like, Charlotte is, like, I would have never imagined it would look like this five, six years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I always thought this was kind of the big city because, I mean, here I come out of the mountains and it's just like, I'm going to the big city. I'm going to Charlotte. That's and what everybody else is doing, too. That's what most people thought. <laughs> right? And I guess unless you lived here growing up. But this place is uh, it's getting more and more stuff to do. we got to thank David Tepper for gracing us with live music. We never had it before David Tepper. That's, that's a thing that it's a running joke because. It's true. <laughs> I mean, they had a couple concerts, but it, well, you know, not at Bank of America Stadium. You're right; they didn't have many of those. No, they didn't have many of those. No, and you got to give that. I mean, Tep's done his thing and a couple good things. So. Yeah, no, but Charlotte's popping, baby. It's so like when I, I called you today back, and I was like, "You want to do this? We're gonna record before we all, you know, go through our separate hell weeks coming up." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And I was like, I've "Oh, had, I had a crazy two weeks." Well, in yeah. my head, I was like, "The Luke Combs concert is tonight," and you know, I. I Eh, it might take an extra 10, 15 minutes. No, it took 90 minutes to get here, you know, from like 25, 28 miles away. I told you it's fine because I'm just doing laundry. I'm on a deep dive. I know. Some, some, some work stuff. But so it, it's constant. I'm in here. a zone. It, the it one thing constant. about this place is like it's, it's reached big city status with all the people and all the stuff going on. But like they're just I, they're never going to be able to keep up with the, the roads and the infrastructure. I don't think they're, they're doing their damnedest. But it's just it's now that part. I don't think they will. I know, right? And so it was a city designed for half the number of people that are in it. And or roughly, I that. feel bad. I feel. I, I guess you're probably right, but like, I feel bad. I don't feel bad saying this, but Kyle, <laughs> I don't have to deal with the interstate. My whole life was within it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to leave my area for real. Oh, I know. That's how like, I used to be too. Yeah, it was the right? best thing. <laughs> I never had you to don't get on the. Feel that? That's what the only thing I really you miss about where that. I was. No, <laughs> and I, I it, I've gone from a. <laughs> 
2.8 mile round trip commute where I see no interstate, no nothing. Exactly. Just a couple stoplights. Most of those I hit. 2.8 miles. I can be door to door, could be door to door from my house to the to the station. Uh, four minutes in a lot of time, in a lot of instances. So I go from 2.8 round trip to 67 round trip, and it's all interstate, and yeah. it is a big damn difference. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll there's some days I'm spending an hour in the car trying to get home. Even on the, the truck. Uh, you take the I know you do the expressway. You have to. Some days. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. There's no. I'm not gonna rack up expressway for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. What am I, unless there's an emergency or some sort of event, it's like, okay, am I going to go spend hundreds of dollars every month just to be 10 minutes earlier, and I'm just going to put a podcast in and chill and you know let it clear? I don't know. That's just me. I don't blame you. Sometimes it's good to just take a ride. Oh, no, but if i gotta be, if I got to be somewhere, no, I'm breaking off some easy pass lane. No, I mean, that's, but if, if I don't have to be anywhere, it's like, eh, I'll just chill. Yeah, I That's kind of how I am. I respect it. I yeah. was just wondering because that no, is an option now but it is a do you know before you the you didn't even care about these options well no we didn't it's it's a different lifestyle that's for sure the one thing we didn't do was give our uh, number 80 i don't know how we got all we got so carried away and so excited that we've now done 20 minutes to start this podcast without giving our we're we're in the we're out of the friggin offensive lineman stretch and we were so grateful at the end of the last episode now we're 20 minutes in and haven't talked who's your number 80 there's only one answer I know, to this. I know, I know. We There's only one answer. We should be ashamed. And his name is Jerry Rice, the GOAT of wide receivers and one of the top five NFL players of all time. Gerald Horatio Rice, the greatest wide receiver of all time. I'm not even going to read off his stats because it, it doesn't even do it justice. Just know he was way better than everybody. Everybody. For a long time. Mississippi Valley State. He literally State. went – like, we all saw Jerry Rice go bald with braids by the end, bro. That's how long he played. Wow, that's a good point. <laughs> like we saw that. We saw that in real time. In real time. I haven't thought about that in a long time, man. <laughs> wow. Jerry Rice, the greatest. The GOAT. The GOAT, best number 80 of all time. Although I don't know that he's the most talented of all time. I didn't say that. I know, because that's Randy Moss. That's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what is your opinion about my opinion? I mean, I think it's some uh, – so – Calvin Johnson's going to be on that, like, special rare breed of, like, man, you've never seen one like him. Randy okay. Moss being one of those. Okay. All right? Calvin Johnson being another one of those. I can't argue with that. Being, like, 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, can't argue with that. 240, ran a 4'3", jumped a 45, made great, like, these guys. And so and, – and go ahead, because I want to finish that no, story. No, so, no, you're right. Jerry, J- by the way, it's not Gerald Horatio Rice, as much as that makes me laugh. Jerry Lee Rice. Uh, my, I'll, I'll go the – you're right. Jerry Rice is the GOAT, but another great wide receiver to wear 80, the great Steve Largent. Oh, yeah. The great Steve Largent, uh, the pride of the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle Seahawks, the great Steve Largent wore number 80. So, so you know, Kyle, I told you before this show started that 80 was like there was no question who my 80 was. You did say that. And the fact that you pulled out Steve Largent was very respectable to be able to even compare to Jerry Rice. Steve Largent is beyond respectable. He's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. And he is, you know, when you put up another great 80, okay, you can do that with Steve Largent compared to Jerry Rice. That is a kiss. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We're off to a strong start in the 80s here. No doubt. Well, not really because we waited 20 minutes to do that. But um, (laughs) – Speaking of all-time greats. No, hold on, because I want to finish something. Because, oh, go ahead. So, you know, I do the NFL podcast, NFL Player Second Acts podcast. Y'all check us out, me and Peanut Tillman. Shout out to them, to us. But 
And I say that because the NFL, they like, they invite me for it and they pay me for it. So, <laughs> shout out. And, All uh, of a sudden, Roman had a second podcast. I was like, what the fuck's going on here, man? <laughs> fuck's happening? Then I explained, he's like, oh, yeah, bro. I was like, oh, okay, well, they're going to pay you. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, we just, um, and it, it hasn't came out yet. It hasn't dropped yet because this is what I was just doing. And we'll get into some of that too, Kyle. But um, we interviewed uh, Nate Burleson. And um, Nate's doing great. He's amazing at what he does. It's been really cool to him for to tell his whole journey, talk about, you know, during his career, coming out of it, his whole mind concept. And that was one of the first questions I asked him. It was the hardest question. I said, who's better, Randy Moss? You asked Cal Nate that? Cal yeah, or Calvin Johnson. Oh, you did? And so he gave us a really good insight. Are you just teasing it? You're not going to tell me what he said? <laughs> You're really not going to tell me what he said? Damn, you tell me off the air. Yeah. <laughs> you, tell me, you tell me outside. We shouldn't do that to people. I can't believe you're going to do that to people. <laughs> so I just went over this, and it's still his opinion. Doesn't mean who's right or who's wrong, but he has a very unique experience, you know, being both of these guys' teammates, being Randy Moss's teammate. Um, I will tell the, the biggest difference that he said was longevity. And you know as an NFL player that all matters to all of us as far as compared to the greats. That's why Jerry Rice just still will always go down as the greatest because he did it for the longevity that he did. He's, he and Emmett Smith are the same guy, different positions. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, we were talking about that yesterday. Oh, um, that's a great point. We, we, were, we were talking – I think me and one of the guys at work were talking about that. Um, same kind of thing, right? I, I don't think Emmett was the most talented guy to ever carry the rock. Um, but he was a great running back, and yeah. he did it for a long time at a high level. So you respect that. No um, doubt. And, but, you know, if you told me he, – he would acknowledge, too, then every great running back usually does have a great offensive line or at least a pretty good one in front of him. They right? should. Um, you know, I think you – I would love to see LaDainian Tomlinson behind that Cowboys offensive line, what that might look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably have been Mr. Nasty. Right. It's just it's – just, it's nothing against Emmett. I just would have liked to have seen that. Like, what would Walter Payton look, look like behind that offensive line? Dude, sweetness? Yeah. Come on. I sweetness was a great – Not there. only that, but, I mean, dude, you can put people like Eric Dickerson behind that line who's – you know, if you actually watch him run, Eric Dickerson is a freaking problem. O.J. Simpson. I was another, thinking yesterday. Well, of course, yeah. People like, are going to have the opinions, but, like, as far as, like, talent and, like, ability – it's rare breeds of running backs, big, fast, strong ones. Those are the ones in the NFL lore who everybody talks about how great they are. And the coolest thing, Kyle, is when I'm getting to do some of these interviews uh, and being around all these other NFL guys and so many of these greats and that I was such a big fan of, like growing up seeing them, like, man, they love ball just as much as I do, and they're big fans of me, and, and so they know who I am. And so it's just this real, you know, this respect factor that kind of comes with it the more you're around it. And seeing the side of it, because now I'm on this side of it, it's just a different feel and perspective. It's been real cool uh, getting to talk to some of these people and uh, and these and uh, being around these different uh, organizations and, and rooms. Oh yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, <laughs> so, but it, the last point I was going to make about that too is like Barry Sanders. I was thinking about him. Like, put him behind that Cowboys offensive line, and it's not that Detroit's line sucked, but it's like. Imagine the holes. I think Barry Sanders would be juking and spinning just because he was bored because the holes would be so big. Well, first of all, if Barry Sanders behind that line, that means there's no Daryl Johnson. That's true. He didn't run well but with a fullback. That's a fair point. Detroit tried to get him one, and they're like, all right, get this guy. Yeah, he's in the way. <laughs> he's in the way. He's in the way. Yeah, just put him on the line and try and block somebody yeah. else. Fine young man, in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let this guy do what he's doing. More people, it's like it's not good for him. Get that fullback out of the way. 
Question. Did you yes. hear LeBron's speech at the ESPYs a couple of nights no, ago? No, I refuse. Kyle, why did you do that? You know I'm going to get. You know what? What did why? he say? No. What did he say? Before I say anything. What oh, he say? man. He makes it so hard. <laughs> he makes it so hard. Because, like, I, I do respect his career, and I do respect that he, he lived up to the hype. I, who, I who really, I really, really do. Who doesn't? But that man got up in front of the, got up on stage at the ESPYs a couple of nights ago, and he's like, you don't have to like me, but you will respect me and my approach to the game and what I've given to the game. And I'm like, imagine what? Mike. I'm like, imagine Mike or Kobe. He said or, that? Yes, or Magic or any of these guys telling you. He didn't you, say that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. What, is that, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean you have to respect me? First of all, any man that tells me I have to respect him, my automatic reflex is to respect you less just because I don't like being told what to do. Second of all, like, can you imagine Michael, Magic, any of these guys getting up on stage and saying, you have to respect me? Can you imagine Kobe telling – Kobe didn't give a shit if you respected him. He was either going to make you from a basketball standpoint or, like, he didn't otherwise give a shit what you thought about him. Correct. You know what I mean? And so, like, there are a lot of people, and it was really interesting to see, like, my text line and the way some of the national guys reacted to it. It was, like, overwhelmingly, even people that liked LeBron, and I'm not a hater, um, but, like, even people that liked LeBron were like, yeah, that was really cringy. Or he just brings this shit on himself. Or, you know, why, why would he go that route? It's like yeah. you're demanding adulation. You're demanding respect. It's like I don't think it – yeah, you've got some haters, but I don't think most anybody with a, a working brain. He has way more lovers and people that love and respect LeBron than any type of Or at haters. least acknowledge his greatness on a basketball court. For like, every, I, I, I really think that for every 2,000 people that love LeBron, it's probably a hater. For sure. I don't, I don't think it's even close. Well, no, I disagree with that. I, think, I, I believe there are a lot of people that, that dislike LeBron. Okay. Um, but I also think that LeBron has inserted. Dislike in, is a strong word. Yeah, from a sport, I mean, you know, we're talking about a sports context yes, here. Like, I'm not saying they'd run up to him and be like, "Hey, you suck, and your face is ugly." Like, I don't think they'd say so, that to him. So, Kyle, all right, you asked a question, and I'll just go ahead and say it. Now, hearing what he said from you, hold on, hold on one more quick thing. Oh no, it's more. The night, the night before, and this is something that he co-signs on clearly because he didn't push back at all. His wife told cameras that LeBron has given more to the game of basketball than anybody in the history of the game. And it's, okay. I heard that quote, and I was like, respectfully, ma'am, I can name four people immediately off the top of my head who have given more to the game of basketball than LeBron James has. And their names are Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and David Stern. All four of them gave – because when David Stern took over the NBA, the NBA Finals were on tape delay. And by the time that he was in his peak, 36 million people were watching the NBA Finals live in America. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, he's given more to the game than LeBron has. Michael was a part of the face of the, the group, the movement that went to 92 with the Dream Team and globalized the game in a way that nobody else ever had. That, that was the biggest difference. That changed basketball. Correct. Bird Magic, the world. Bird and Magic going back to Stern, Bird and Magic really helped to jumpstart the growth and save the NBA, you know, as teams were about to go bankrupt. So, like, again, respectfully, uh, there's, there's several people you could say might have given more to the game than LeBron James. We're talking about how great a player he is. What he's given to the game is a different conversation. Hell, if you the way we talk about Steph Curry in terms of changing the game, he's changed the game more than LeBron James has. Talking about Steph Curry, did you see him hit that hole in one today? Yes, I did. What the That man F? can swing a golf club. This dude is great at everything. He can. He can swing a golf club. But, like, I, I, the overwhelming reaction was really interesting to me when I played this. Because, you know, it's middle of the summer stuff. Um but anytime LeBron says something like that, of course, we're going to probably talk about it or it's at least going to get acknowledged. And everybody's like, man, why are you up here trying to like demand respect from people at an ESPY speech? 
right? First yeah. of all, you open it up by saying, you know, well, I don't, I don't know what the experts told you about me possibly retiring, but I'm coming back. And it's like, Who, man, nobody said that he was I, retiring. I, I'm like, you said that. At the, at the, you were the one that started the, the speculation that you might retire. He literally, at the end of that game, was like, I got some, some real thinking to do about my future in basketball. I was like, bro, you started the rumors. <laughs> and so all you've done here is squash the rumors that you started and then took like a really weak shot at the quote-unquote experts and what they had to say about it. It's like, well, nobody would have been talking about it at all if you hadn't brought it up in the first place. So, but that, that's what LeBron does, right? That is what LeBron That's does. what I'm saying. Mike didn't do that stuff. Right. Kobe didn't do that stuff. And these weren't perfect people. I'm not trying to suggest that they were, but just in terms of how they went about approaching, you know, public personas, talking to the fans, speaking in public, how they spoke about themselves and their careers. It's like, man, can you get just retire first before you start wanting all this praise and adulation for, you know, whatever you think you've given to the game of basketball, especially when you start talking about I would I don't care what they say. I'm coming back. They was you. They, they was you. You talked about it. So, Kyle. You know how much of a Lakers fan I am, number one. It's hard, isn't it? It, it is hard. And so <laughs> it's like the one thing. That's why I'll be flat out and honest with you. Like, and I respect – I'm a big – I'm a fan of LeBron's because of how great he's been, his, his life that he's been able to acquire and, and do for others has been amazing and live up to all the expectations under the sun and not disappoint. Not only not disappoint, but to shatter that. And so that's the real cool thing about LeBron. Now, the uncool thing. There's a buck thing, coming. The, but the uncool thing about having LeBron as on my Lakers organization, because before that, I didn't care about LeBron. I, didn't, I was one of the ones that hated LeBron, right? I've learned to respect and, and appreciate and like him more because of all the great things that he is and has become and continues to do. But, Kyle, I hate it because – it's like he makes your organization kiss the ring. It's like what it's all about. It's, it's LeBron. Then we bring in players that he wants to play with, and then they all stink, and then he doesn't take responsibility for anything. And it's always – it's not the king. It's not the king's fault. You know what I'm saying? Nope. So, nope. Um, so that is the, the real tough thing about it. And um, You know what I find funny just, about what you just said? And, and that is what bothers me as a Lakers fan because I'm a Lakers fan. And the Lakers, we, we, we're, we great – Without LeBron James, all right? He chose us, okay? And you don't get to turn down the king when the king chooses you, so you got you to gotta kiss the ring. So you, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But once he's gone, you best believe the Lakers still going to be great, Kyle. That's my biggest issue because I just have this, this, this chapter of LeBron in my life because of the Lakers' attachment. And it's not going to be everything. He's a Cleveland guy. He's Ohio. But what's funny about that th is that you did what almost everybody does when they want to criticize LeBron James. You feel compelled to open up with, listen, he's great. He lives with the hype. He's never been in trouble. He's been a model citizen. He's open to school. Like all those – we all – we have to say all those things all up front. Be like, hey, listen, man. Listen, we all – that's the deference. That's the, the respect that, I mean, I guess he thinks he's not getting for. We all acknowledge these things. Stop doing all the other stuff. Like, that, that's why you, you feel compelled to have to open it up that way because you're talking about the greatest basketball on the planet, one of the at least five best to ever do it, no matter where you have him ranked, who your goat is, whatever. 
But that's the other thing. The stand, just to hear me say, you know, at least one of the five greatest players of all time, his stands would want to fight over me saying that, right? <laughs> top five. What do you mean? Top? And I'm just like, that's just me leaving it open. Hey, you want to you have him one? You go right ahead. But they get so angry, they want to fight about it. Oh, you must love Kobe. Oh, you think Michael? Look at these seven stats that I've got saved in my phone to prove that LeBron is the greatest player. Hey, look, of all man, time they made up stats for LeBron to Dude, break. Dude, he's career. insufferable, man. I he's, mean, it, we grew up in times where like Elias was is real. We've been dealing with these LeBron stands for twenty years now, yeah. and they're all the same. But anyway, so I, I just thought it was funny that you know he at the ESPYS middle of summer, not much going on. It's like, hey. Let me, let, me, let me just remind everybody that I need to be recognized as one of the greatest of all time. It's like, man, we've been there, man. Like, what more do you need us to say? I did not watch the ESPYs. I'm sorry. I don't watch the ESPYs. I don't really watch it either. So, so you're not into, you know, self-congratulatory award shows? I mean, I went one time. Did you? Yeah. Was it, a, was it okay? It was cool because we won an award, so it was cool. Oh, well, that was probably cool. Yeah, then. Saints, we won Team of the Year. Who, so. was, the, who was the the host that night? Who was the MC? Who did the opening <sighs> I, jokes? Was it Jimmy even, Kimmel? I can't even remember, bro, because it was like so um, – it was just a blur, dog. Was it? Yeah, man. Uh, it, was it was one of those nights. Yeah, yeah, man. It was like <laughs> – it was like a day, a couple nights. It was like it's just a blur, bro. I remember I was fresh. I had shades on. I wore them probably the whole day, uh, probably inside too. What did you? What did y'all win an award for? Uh, best team, team of the year. When we won the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I was going to say, so this is probably like what, late 2010? Yeah. This is probably 2010. That's fantastic. I had a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, you Living did. Living California dream. You know what I'm saying? I had all black suit on, black Ferragamos, a black tailored suit, black shirt with like a black and gold tie. Just feeling myself, bro. Maybe oh, yeah? a three-piece. Yeah, it might have been a three-piece too. I don't know. I was on one. Anyways. So, no, no. Okay, so that's why it was a blur that night. <laughs> it was a complete blur. That's all you got to say. <laughs> 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 That's all you got to say. Yeah, I was feeling myself. Oh, because we already knew we were going to win the award. What? Oh, well, yeah. That, well, you knew ahead of time. That's why you went, right? You weren't going there in suspense. They're like, hey, you're going to win this. We're inviting you. Correct. Okay. Well, then how does that, how does that not leak? Because uh, every one of y'all had to tell everybody, like, hey, we're going to the ESPYs because we won. The, like, how do they not know ahead of time? I think I found out, like, once we were kind of in. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it was would you 2010? Ag- I'm not saying. Like, would that. you have agreed to go on the trip if you were like, I don't know if we're going to win or not? Uh, or was like I, a team I think. I think. I just. Thing? I just think like the, the 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 teams we were up against. It was no way because we were such a feel good story that year too. So oh well, yeah. It was like you were a great story that year. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just one of that. We had okay, Katrina, that makes sense now. All that other that stuff. That makes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like, the timeline didn't click in my yeah, head. That yeah, makes yeah. a lot of like, sense. It was like not even a question. Uh, okay, pretty much. Okay, all right. No, the ESPYS, man. When the when the ESPYS first came out, it was like, oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I guess to some people, I don't want to be insulting. I guess to some people, maybe they still are. But I get the sense the average sports fan over the last several years is just kind of like, oh, the ESPYS. Yeah, I, I missed it. Well, it's almost because it, it it's kind of weird because even the football awards one is is different too, you know. So um, it's it's interesting um, finding the balance and also like man, like once I get kind of removed, it doesn't. I'm not excited to like oh I want to go like for what now my wife's gonna want a brand new ass dress gotta look good <laughs> gotta be red carpet. It's just like bro, I feel like I'm just hemorrhaging money over here just to like stay around and I'm like I don't care to stay around that much. Well, yeah, that's you know the, I mean? that's you know, my perspective on it, and it's like, 
It's like a Super Bowl. Like I don't, I care less to go to a Super Bowl unless I'm playing. People those. who, like, I think, have we talked yeah. about that before? Because people Probably outside so. of our business don't get that. Yeah, like I, they I don't, don't care understand. To be it. there unless it was the week being there leading up to it was mm -hmm. a good time. Yeah. Like you know, I was most of the time I'm there for work, but it's a good time. Like just for work purposes, Correct. I enjoy the trip most of the time. I'd rather go home and watch the game. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Beer's cheaper. Oh, yeah. Like, Much more comfortable. Got my boys, got my friends, got my wife and kids. Like I'm like 15 steps to the bathroom versus like 45 and some steps. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take the 15 all day. But like I, I, I think there are some people who definitely get that, but I think that's also just one of the weird things about jobs like ours where it's like, what do you mean, what do you, mean you don't want to stay for the Super Bowl? I think the first time I, I told that to my father-in-law, like early in my relationship with my wife, he was like, what do you, what do you mean you're not going to stay? And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I've, I've just done it before. Um, you know, I just want to get home and see everybody. And, you know, it, again, it's, and it's not like that every single time. But to your point, it's just it's become such a corporatized event that it doesn't even feel like a real football game. I'd, almost, I'd rather be at a, at a you know, hype road venue. Than it, it is very corporate. Well, yeah, it's just kind of because half the people there don't really know who to clap for because they're not a fan of either team, right? Yeah. So it makes for a strange uh, sort of atmosphere. The, I mean, <laughs> it does. And, it, and not saying that's all the time because – There are some it, exceptions, yeah. Yeah, the Super Bowl is a completely different field than, like, college football playoffs. Right? Oh, it's not even close. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I think Super Bowl is a very unique uh, event in terms of that part of it. Um, I'm sure maybe the NBA Finals saw them too. But as far as like college football, I think it's funny because like once you kind of buy the ticket, you're there, and they use these huge stadiums now. So it is corporate, especially in the boxes. But outside of that, bro, it's it's pretty much just normally fans. I, I noticed that this past year because I saw some Michigan fans there because they thought that they would be playing Georgia. Like, dude, we'll just smoke, smoke TCU. Just right. Oh, yeah. We're just buying the tickets to California. We'll see you there. Didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> and they're like, bro, we're coming anyway. I so know. they had their Michigan jerseys on. <laughs> I was, I was like, they bro, went anyway. Yeah, they went anyway. Oh, that's funny. As it shit. was funny as shit. I, I thought it was the. It was like one of my highlights of working that whole situation. That's hilarious. Was, was that they were there in Michigan jerseys? They, they didn't give a fuck. They were there. They're like, bro, we paid for the tickets. We were coming to L.A. Our team lost. We're going anyway, and they wore their jerseys. Can so. you imagine the, like the initial disappointment? Like, yeah, you still went, still got the trip. It's funny, but like, can you imagine how pissed they were at first when they lost that game? I was watching that game on a plane coming home that night. It was crazy, and I was just fireworks. I, down the road. I, it's not that I, I couldn't believe that TCU won. It was just I really thought Michigan was going to be in the national championship. Yeah, game. Michigan was overall the better team, right? And so, can you imagine Michigan fans who've been waiting for so long? Like, this is the University of Michigan, right? <laughs> Whether or not they they rightly believe it, they think they should be one of their true powerhouse college football programs. I, I think in Michigan has the most wins all time in college they, football. They used to be. Yeah, right? I know it used to be. I, I, maybe they recently may have been passed, but I don't think so. But I if think I, I would have, have been so pissed if I were them, right? I would have been so pissed if, if I like. You get there, you're a, you're a pretty concise. What was the? They were like a what? A ten point favorite over TCU? Is that right? <sighs> they were. They were. Definitely and they favorite. still end up losing the game. Oh, I'd have been pissed. If I'd already bought tickets and everything else, I would have been hot if I was a Michigan fan. But that's funny as hell that they were still there. So, so Kyle, I've been, I've been to Cleveland. I was in Cleveland for a little bit. I saw that. How so, was it? Cleveland was great. Um, you like Cleveland? My wife like, I, when I, you, you would live in Cleveland like it? or you just like, no. I like Okay. <laughs> How dare you? And I'm, not, I'm not spitting at Cleveland, but it's fucking cold, Kyle. <laughs> No way. 
No you, way. You spit a little bit because like it, I couldn't even get the words out of that's my mouth. I was, like, Hell no. I was, I was taking, that was gasping. All right. That was a gasp. That's funny shit. All right. That was a gasp, Kyle. That was not a spit. That was a gasp. Um, <laughs> it, but the, um, it was really nice though. It's not, it wasn't humid. My wife and I ended up walking like nine miles one day. We were just walking all downtown. I saw your story. We You're were cool. Walking uh, around. Really enjoyed ourselves. Uh, Pretty walkable city. Very much so. From like from like that little parts of it where I was, yes. But Cleveland's all about the suburbs, honestly. I've never had a reason to go to Cleveland. I totally get it. Um, but like we stayed downtown. But everybody that lives there lives in the suburbs majority of the time. They're trying to bring more to the city. And uh, my boy Rocco just uh, opened up a new restaurant down there. So um, what's the was, name of it? Uh, Fahrenheit. Just like the one here. Just like let's the plus, one here. Give him, let's give Rocco he, some and, love. And he had yeah. Shout out to Rocco, man. That's my dude. Uh, Chef Rocco Whalen. Uh, Fahrenheit owner uh, here in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, the high rise. And then also um, in Cleveland now, he had the Fahrenheit for 20 plus years in an area called Tremont. And so he closed that one down and as they opened this new one. And uh, bro, it's dope. It's like, it's like a Vegas restaurant. In Cleveland. In Cleveland, bro. He got like a, it's like real, it's dope. And the food was absolutely awesome. And so, uh, being able to know him, see the behind the scenes of all the things it takes to kind of run a successful restaurant, bro, it's a grind. Oh. It's a grind, especially you want to, like, pay real bills and have, like, a whole bunch of, I mean. I had a, bl- a brief it, flirtation a with doing Having it. employees. Dude, like, I, had a, I had a very brief flirtation with doing it, thinking about it. Um, just because, you know, what I do, and I've, it's something that would be a, a kind of a cool synergistic thing. But I watched my cousin. Um run his for years and it just wore him out and like it was so so hard on him and then i've heard other people talk about it and just how hard it is to run a restaurant yeah it is and it's like if you you either have to have the money to just pay for everybody else you know hire good people obviously but like just let other people run it entirely or back the fuck off you know and back the fuck off or you've got to be hands on everything is what it seems like yeah, yeah. And I, that, that's I can the, totally see that. that's the gist that i just in watching other people have, you know do it here listening to them talk or, about or it get to where you have like um great friends yeah that um and people you trust yeah which is hard to come by right now yeah, it is especially like in, especially in that business my cousin would talk about it and you know he'd have people steal silverware from his place all the time they just steal food Little i mean stuff. I mean, just just constantly eating away at his profit margins and things like that. And he was like, "This just a constant." And I guess you know, life is kind of that way. But I think restaurant business, you got to be built for it because it's yeah. it's not it's a grind. That part is true. It's a grind. That part is very true. Um, it, it's very interesting to 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 be on that side of it and see it, and it's a plausible. So uh, applaudable. Sorry, um, but Cleveland was really fun, man. Super sexy place. Super vibe. I had a good time. I actually met running back the running back Kareem Hunt. He oh really? There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw the kicker for Cleveland, Cade York. Oh, LSU boy. How about um, that? Yeah, man, it was good though, and uh, Cleveland was great. And then from Cleveland, I went to New York. Uh, the wife and I were in New York for what three days, dude. Now that is a walkable city, but man, which city is it? New York. It oh is yeah, so many people, Kyle. It's like does from, it stink this time of year? I've been no, there no, no. It didn't time. stink at all. It was just so many people, and I'm just like, man. You got to be built for that that city. Like New York can, 
chew you up, spit you out. I'm and good let you on keep all that. I'm good on that place. I know a lot of people are. I'm one of those too. I'm good on that place. My I, wife really enjoyed I, it. We I, got to do some shopping. It was good. I, got I feel claustrophobic as shit in New York City. <laughs> I really do. I from feel, the rooms to everything. Everything. Everything's yeah. small. Everything's tight. You're always bumping up against people. I can't fucking percent. stand. Oh, it. you're moving. The, yes. You better move your shoulder because they're freaking rolling. And bro, when I was up there a year and a half ago, I mean the piles of trash. On some of those blocks. That's why I asked you that question. I was like, do they do a better job with it during the well, summer? Where I was at, I was, I was, uh, I was kind of in the heart of it. Well, I so was, was I. I. I stayed in Times Square when I was up there. Oh right? yeah, so Times Square is crazy. They say it's insane. But they even said Times Square is crazy. So my wife, I guess she stayed at Times Square with my kids okay. girl, on the girls' trip. And uh, I've never stayed in Times Square. I don't even know if I've been in Times Square. It's hectic as shit. The, like, that's what I, I thought. Where I was at was hectic, which was on. Uh, 50th and and fourth i think something like that anyways and so we're kind of like right there uh not too far we're kind of close to a lot of different stuff but my wife said like Times square was way more crazy she said rome if you think this is crazy Times square is like times three it's nuts and it never sleeps it never <laughs> stops bro like i think we were we were pretty high up we stayed um i don't know if it was the four seasons it was the uh, I forget. It'll come back to me. Anyway, it's the one right there in the heart of it, right? So I'm there for work. My wife, I bring uh, Camille and Sky with me. And we're like maybe 29, 30 stories up, I think. So we can see down everything that's going on. And I were getting up in the middle of the night one night, like 3.30, um, just to go take a leak. And I, I looked out the window, and it was just, you know, tons of people out there, right? And trucks still rolling. And like that was the first time that I'd been up there since weed was, was uh, legalized. And so they got these big green trucks, you know, all over the city, especially in that part where there's a shit ton of, of tourists. And, you know, they're just, you know, selling flour and pre-rolls and gummies and everything out the side of these big green trucks, you know. And so you got that. You got the hot dog stands. You got all. It's like, man, this city truly just doesn't quit ever. Ever. And so I'm good for a couple of days, right, because there's a lot of stuff to do in New York. I do appreciate New York for what it is. I just don't have a clue how people live there. I could not. Li- I couldn't do it. Never getting in a car, always having to walk. And I like to walk, but like always having to walk in that setting, I, it's just so cramped and crowded. And the, some of the buildings are small. Ugh. That's not it. That's not it for me, man. I, I get it, bro. That's I not totally it for me. It. And so it, it's not really for me either. The, um, the, the other thing was uh, getting to interview some of these people. Um, Kyle, while I was in there, because I was there for some work. My wife just got the tag along. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, I, I told you I talked to Nate. The real, it was a couple cool, real, real cool guys that you probably may not know. Um, and I'll mention his name because p- most people aren't going to know him. Who? Uh, his name's uh, Ali Marpet. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah, I do. Okay. So he was an offensive lineman for Tampa Bay. Why would I not know Ali Marpet? Because, uh, uh, I, I mean, I didn't even know Ali Marpet's whole story and his gist until huh. until I did the, and found out we are going to interview him. So really did a dive in. Cool guy. Really super cool guy. He's lost like 80 pounds. Of course, he's an offensive lineman. That they either get super fat or they lose it all. That's what happens. Yeah, and he wants to be a psychologist. Good he's, for him. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, the mental. Good for him. And uh, it, it was really cool talking to him. Just uh, the one thing I didn't know hmm. that he was a D3 football player, offensive lineman. Do that too, yeah. And that he won co-offensive player of the year in his in his division. Didn't remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I do which remember is, that, yeah. Which is bananas. I'm yeah. like, and the fact that you won co-offensive player So of the dominant. Year, that means you must have just destroyed people. And how did you not transfer at some point? <laughs> <laughs> how, did that, how did that never happen? I, I, I don't know. I, he, he was – he just – I don't know. I, you know what? Maybe I should have asked him that. So you talked to Nate Burleson, Ali Marpet, and who else? 
um, um, David Tyree. Okay, yeah. Helmet catch yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, one of the top plays in Super Bowl history. Um, uh, uh, Lorenzo Alexander. Um, and also um, the human joystick, Dante Hall. That's a good list. Yeah. That was a good list. Yeah, man. Really cool uh, getting to talk to all those people. So somebody at NFL headquarters listened to this podcast and was like, man, Harp would be great to interview players. That's pretty dope, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. I guess it kind of happened that way. Honestly, man, I got to shout out my boy Peanut, though, because Peanut's the one. Here's a a question, though. Here's my my question. Um, Talking about Nate. Nate, it's not that it was sudden, because I'm sure Nate always wanted to do this, but to the externally for everybody else, it was pretty sudden. Nate was like a sports guy doing football. I was like, oh, Nate wants to do news now. What's going on here? And so it happened, you know, that pivot started to happen pretty abruptly, I think, just because I think most people didn't see that coming. Well, he was doing E. So him doing the E. The E network? Yes. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what, that's what it was. That was kind of like. The E network made him want to do harder news? Uh, I, I think it maybe I. I think it was more to, uh, you know, without telling too much from the episode um, before it's released, it's that um, he just, he's one of those that um, never, he he continues to want to grow and do, he's a creative. Right. His wife has talked about him in that way, I, you know, as I've done other, you know, listen to other interviews and people around him, like, he's a creative. And so... He has these abilities and, you know, he can do a whole bunch of things. Very talented dude, uh, mentally, spiritually and uh, physically as well as a football player, former football player. But, man, he's got a great personality. He keeps a certain look and he just he just doesn't want people to just lock him in. as just this. Like, and I think a lot I of respect us, that. Yeah. You know, it's amazing as like football players, bro. Our whole life we want to be validated and been told like, man, we're good enough to play football and make it. Your whole life, right? Like that was like what you want to do, sure, and what you want to like all these other things. And then the moment we make it, you know, or the moment we start to get out, we all are like, I don't want to be known as just that, though. You know what I mean? As we, oh yeah, because so long that's how everybody sees you, and you know, you're just a football player. Why would he be do, doing news? And there's probably other factors that go into it too, man. But here's Nate, my question for you: Nate's re- doing his thing. Well, though. the reason I bring it up too is that like. You do get kind of pigeonholed, and so again, yeah. mine's the, he's doing you know. I, I, that's why I was so excited to talk to him because like I don't want to get pigeonholed into just. Well, just that's being my a question. Guy. Is that like you know? Well, you and I don't have the same background, obviously, but um, you know, live. I haven't talked about this publicly, but a couple of years ago, when uh, you know, WBT is the big news talk radio station here in Charlotte. You know, they call it the Colossus of the South. You know, used really? to go. Oh yeah, well, it used to go. I mean, it's down the hall from us. It was, yeah. uh, you know, you could hear it from Maine to Miami and. Yeah, it's a fifty. It's one of the original fifty thousand watt three letter three call letter <laughs> news stations. WBT. It's been around for a hundred years. Um, and John Hancock, maybe a name that you'll know, but John Hancock was the afternoon drive host here. Ron Rivera used to come on with John all the time, and um, John was just you know for three decades the voice of afternoon news talk in Charlotte and the Carolinas, and you know all I, it, the signal goes up. I mean, the signal covers so far. But anyway, so John retired a couple of years ago, and they had approached me about my interest in taking over for him. And I was doing, obviously, sports at the time still at, at FNZ. Uh, but they had approached me about possibly replacing John Hancock on afternoons at WBT. And so the day that Hancock retired was a Thursday afternoon, and um, Friday show needed to be filled, and they were like, you're going to do the first show after Hancock retires. And I'm like, oh, okay, so he's retiring on a Thursday, and I've got to, I've got to take his 30-year audience, you know, and just be like, hey, guys, 
I'm not John on a Friday and just do something different. So I did it, uh, you know, and I, I hosted several shows over there, but they had approached, approached me about interest in doing it. And I, at the time it was in my head, it was, I don't think I can do news every day. I yeah. don't I don't know that I want to do news every day. Yeah. Like it was an honor to be considered and to be approached and asked about my interest in it, but I don't think that I could do that every day. I, I think I well, I take that back. I think I could. I think it might wear on me. I think it might wear me out. Because so much it'll of that be is, interesting to see if this is gonna be like what he um what he wants to what he wants to do forever, I don't know. Um this you, but my doing. question was, do you want to do it? Would you want to do news? Because I, 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 maybe, maybe that changes for me. And some days I, I do think about it, maybe think it would be interesting to go back to it. Yeah. But would you ever want to do news? I, I think, you know, it'd be really interesting to see. Um, news and it, politics, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then I'd have to be in it all the time. All the time. And so you got to be ready for that. Um, I think I would be really, really interested in it just because – Man, it was if, it, if the money was right, you get to do more, you see get to see more like those things I think that would have to weigh into my decision. Um, but as far as me wanting to do that, I don't know if that's like something I aim to do. I think I'd rather do stuff like entertainment TV and do more interviews and questions. I really like doing uh, interviews. You I do? Really do. You I like really that? Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to bring some more people through here on the podcast here soon, too. Everybody's on vacation I'm very right inquisitive now. naturally, so once I get projects or people that I want to do, I just want to be the most prepared and just know some things that, that maybe they didn't even know I might know about them and then be able to bring it out and bring it to the conversation. Oh, no, I like that. And then really, like, dive in. So. You know what, what really captured me for a while? The, there, I mean, I, I got over it, but there was a, a stretch in my life where I was like, you know what I want to be? I want to be a, uh, a war correspondent. I want to be a war journalist, right? It's Only be because fun. I watched and I just, it just like some of the things that I watched that like completely romanticized it. And then I snapped out of it. Not because I don't think it's an awesome profession, but it's just like, do I really want to go into a, to a war zone with just a camera? Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. With the uh, camera. Uh, you got to be a little nuts chance. to just go into a war zone with just yeah, a camera. Yeah, most of those people are crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's. But, and they've seen a lot. Oh, yeah. No, there's, you know. It's a different perspective, but it's it's much like the guys who go over there to fight those wars, you know, what they see, what they come back with, and a lot of it tortures them for the rest of their lives. And it's just like that is such a, a unique niche. Very few, relatively speaking, people are war correspondents, are war are are, are reporters on the battlefield in Very times true. of war. Like there's just not much of that. It's a couple of them. Yep. I've seen the one little white guy kind of bald headed. He's always he's been out there for years. He's ducking, giving reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? All right, I got to run. This is fun. It's good to see you. Have hey, fun man. in Nashville this week. Thanks, man. I'm looking forward to it, bro. Uh, I can't wait, man. Uh, we'll talk next week when I get back. Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. All right, buddy. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Everybody, be good, work hard, be nice to each other.